Good morning. Let me start off by welcoming you to this half an hour of parent empowerment and why I chose to call it the parent empowerment hour simply because if we do have children, we really have to understand the responsibility to ensure that as a human being, basically, we provide the pathway for the child to be successful. America. There are so many different facets of just being an American, living in America, understanding that the empowerment comes solely from where? From your understanding of where you are and from your ability to understand living in the present. Living in the present means requires that, you know, as a individual, that you understand that there are situations that we all live under. And, you know, we live in this world where we all have a right to vote, to be heard. We all are supposed to work until we can't work and pay taxes, pay health care, pay, you know, the FICA taxes. They're all kind of little uh, taxes that are taxed when you're working or as an employed person. But as an independent contractor, that's a whole different thing. And as a nonprofit, well, that's a whole different thing. And, you know, pretty soon we don't understand that there are all these systems functioning around you that you don't understand. But the requirement for individuals to participate in a compulsory educational system is a reality. That's the law. If you have a child, you must provided an educational option. What that option looks like solely depends on your ability to understand what the option should be. And we're only talking about sustainable options for human beings. But when you really get down to it, the governance and oversight of public education comes from the local people. And when local people rely on others to implement services. I mean, you know, that's the whole system is established that way, quite frankly. You know, we elect people and they're supposed to represent our interests, irregardless of what the interest should be. We live in a society where there's Democrat and Republicans and independents or non-traditional candidates, but it really doesn't matter. There is a House of Representatives and then there is a Senate. And in the House of Representatives, there are people that represent every little state in America. And states with more people get more representatives. But then, not not to worry, states with less people that are impacted by less people get representatives too. So however it happens, you know, our current president, you know, 45, right now he's trying to negotiate and, you know, hmm, support and empower people who are willing to support and empower him. But it's totally going to destroy our democracy. And so we have to fight just like, you know, after you get a certain age, you have to fight to get up to to move around. Well, we still have to fight to ensure that all voices are heard because America is just that. It is the melting pot in you know, in the land. I mean, in the world, we are and have been open borders. 
Of course, we have a president that has tried to change those circumstances, but what he failed to understand is that even though we are America, we are multiple nations within a nation. We are the melting pot. We have people from all over the world here. And then we have what we have created for our own burden is the, you know, freed slaves, the people that helped to build this nation, you know, those black people, you know, those people that some people have never, ever seen because in some rural areas, there are no blacks and that's just real. It's not an anomaly. We are all Americans. How does that fit within your concept of living in America? Because, you know, usually, you know, there are so many services, but I got to understand that, you know, there are really, really support programs out there, like Head Start. Head Start is a wonderful program. It's supposed to work with families who are living in poverty, who need additional services, and it basically engages the individuals whose children are in the programs and helps to empower them so that they understand the advocacy necessary to complete the journey of public education. And it's a wonderful program where it's implemented correctly, but where it's not implemented correctly and the training doesn't happen and we're not empowering community members and it serves as what? A benefit or a luxury to people who are really not entitled to the service. And that's just real. When you go 28% above your means, your poverty guidance means, or whatever, your means test, well, I don't understand anymore. Quite frankly, I don't understand how so many things are not operated in a manner which you would expect that they would be, truly, for the simple reason as we need to understand that as American citizens, as part of America and the concept of a system under which we live under taxation, that the dollars come back to local communities to provide support to the neediest of children. Not that we're paying for all children, but for states who have lots of children who are poverty or non-documented, that the federal government helps to provide support for those children living in those states. And then as elected officials, they're to document and try to live towards the standards of the federal government because, you know, there is a Department of Education and which provides resources for states to, you know, to help them empower their people. And everything here is supposed to be about, you know, being independent, basically. And, you know, you have to look back on America's history in their fear of what they have done to African-Americans and the African-Americans have the ability to empower themselves because, you know, under guns rights and under the rights for that they fight for to have to bear arms. Well, in history, the United States government has come against African-Americans having the right to stockpile arms or bear arms because if you're black and you have a weapon, just like Philando Castillo, you know, he was an educated man working in a public school system, most beloved by the people he was providing services to, but that didn't stop that law enforcement officer from taking his life in front of his, his, you know, his, 
his beloved and his uh, daughter that he had assumed responsibility for. I mean, murder is murder. And it doesn't matter when you take a life. And if you're representing a state and you're taking a life, then you need to be responsible for the impact on that family. I just have different perceptions than most, quite frankly. I don't care. Life is what it is. And when you start looking back on history and understanding people who could communicate effectively and engage with other humans and make a difference, then those people have basically been targeted and eliminated. But now we're living in different times. We're living in times of transition. We're living in the time of awakening and the time of an awakening to understand that there's a whole community of people who should be participating to ensure that public services are basically functional, that the outcomes and the maintenance for public education don't only benefit the wealthy. Because when states receive dollars from the federal government, those dollars are supposed to support the poor, the indigent, and the neglected and delinquent, and the homeless, and the underprivileged. Because, you know, we're living in a country where basically evolution has evolved. And we have people with PhDs working in goodwills. And I do mean goodwill. Because goodwill hires people with credentials who are basically not employable by local communities simply because the people who have the jobs originally never wanted to give up that authority or position, even if they're not meeting the needs of the people in which they're supposed to provide services for. No, no, no. That's something that doesn't happen. And as it doesn't happen across the nation, there are, you know, schools that are Blue Ribbon and Title I, and there are schools that are program improvement and far, you know, and so, you know, and such a status in which the state was supposed to take the responsibility and shut down those failing schools and allow community to come back and build back better as our, you know, elected, newly elected President Biden has said, we need to build back better. And we really do. As we have come to the conclusion and the understanding that truly no one person can control the ability of another person to grow and, you know, and thrive. No one system. I mean, you know, the whole thing is, is that we're living in a time where if you're willing to invest in yourself, and willing to invest in your family, then your family has a right to benefit. Because as an American, all of the support services truly were written to benefit the human condition that is. Talking about education is something that I just eat, breathe, and sleep, basically. And I'll tell you why. Because the importance of 
participating in the process means that you understand the importance of the representation and the maintenance of effort that has to come when we're working in the public education system or having expectations of the public education system. We cannot continue to pay people to um, basically just oversee the precursors for a prison nation as we've been headed to towards, you know, the vision of a prison nation as we, as prisons are now on the stock market and not only the prisons are on the stock market, but, you know, people selling wares to the prison and wares being created from prisoners with contracts that are, you know, basically prisoners are working on license plates for the state. Who knows what they're doing? I mean, truly, they're working. And in California, when they were fighting those fires, they were out there fighting those fires, helping to save, you know, those huge fires in California. But guess what? They didn't get paid. And guess what? After they got out of prison, they couldn't get a job as a firefighter. I mean, who really writes these local policies that oppress so many But the real deal is if you don't understand that it is your responsibility and your requirement to understand the process of how children learn, all of a sudden you have to become this expert just because you had a child. Um, What was so distressing to me and one of the reasons why I wanted to help share information to support uh, people when they uh, have an opportunity and have children. Children are the opportunity. Basically, children are are going to be how you, you know, carry on your lineage. And truly, you know, fostering a positive environment for children is necessary to have an opportunity to um, be... Uh, someone's texting me. But I'm going to just pause that for a minute. But I'm going to tell you. I don't respond. Okay, so I'm going to tell you how important it is to understand that public education is just not something that is free or freely given. It is it is public education is a system in which you have to navigate and you have to understand that the resources are there and all people are entitled, but you only have access to what you understand that you need. And so when children start early in Head Start situations, early start, it's all about socialization skills, uh, group activity, following instructions, basically. But then as the children get older, it becomes about task completion. And that's where the line is basically drawn. Because if children are not following the instructions, not writing their name on the paper, I mean, these kids will never get it if they don't understand that everything is about process and task completion. But when people, when children don't get it, they get frustrated. And they may tantrum and they may um, become, you know, Children act on attention, and it is so important to understand what is causing the behavior so that you can address the transition of the behavior to, you know, empower that child to be 
more impacted. I mean, more self-contained, more self-driven, having the ability to basically complete tasks. All kids can learn. All children can learn. And, and every child learns differently. And some children are visual learners. Other children are verbal learners, meaning that they have to hear it several times and hearing it actually helps support the learning structure. And then some people have to read. Some people are need both of those, you know, equally matched to be successful. And some children have to write it because it, it, it etches it in their brains. And there are all kinds of different ways that teachers who are trained professionally can support children in their learning. But first of all, you must have an assessment as to where your child actually is. You know, this is 2020, and we're talking about December the 6th, 2020, where public education integrated so many years ago. But the foundational services and the platform for foundation for all children is not recognized, I mean, nationally. We have environments where children are, where their focus is just on the child's behavior, not on the academic structure, not on teaching the basic uh, supports necessary to be integrated into our national society. You have to have the skills to navigate, to access structure and to apply for benefits and to participate. But if you don't have any of those skills, and believe me when I'm saying the public education system is just so corrupt right now because we don't have enough people who are empowered, who have participated at a level of oversight and participated at a level to ensure that access is happening for all children. The conversation must be not just for your child, but no, how well are all children supported? Because if children are not being supported, then they're being documented to be put in the system. And as this nation has settled on how they count prison beds by the number of children who are not reading in the third grade, you must understand that we as a nation have to change that. Because we as a nation are paying for these two different outcomes of, you know, and it's not, it's of dependence and independence. A dependent person who is, who is pushed out of the public education system without meeting minimal educational standards is constantly looking for ways to be managing their self. Everybody has to have a place to eat, sleep, and for protection But then we have people out here where everyone, it doesn't matter. They're entitled to everything. They don't, irregardless if their children are not uh, generating those funds, they want those children in the best programs where the more support happens. But see, support happens by the people who are engaged in the process and who are analyzing the data that would document if children are being successful and how many times they met the challenge of completing the task. But when you're choosing to only document how children are not making it, and that's what you do when you have an astronomical, outrageous amount of 
African-American children who have been suspended or expelled, then I'm telling you that this nation is on the wrong path because all people are important and all children are critical to our society. We as a nation of Americans where if your parent ever served in the United States Air Force or the Marines or the Army or, you know, this armed services, understand that while you're in those circumstances or under those circumstances, all your needs are basically taken care of. You only have to work on your personal relationship with your family because your job is to protect this nation. But when we come, when you get out of the armed services and you come into the structure of America, you can see how unfair things have become. You can see how people are forced to live. And under this COVID, where everyone has become equal, truly, people who have worked and had jobs and traditionally had services all the time are finding it difficult to even survive during these times. But people who have been surviving are surviving fine. Parent empowerment and Human empowerment has to do with understanding how we first accept responsibility for where we live, number one. Understanding that we need to ensure that we know how many children are at grade level by the third grade and that services are truly making a difference to children who are not reading at the third grade, by the third grade. All of this stuff that they've got going on in public education about tracking children who are below grade level and far, far below grade level, well, life just never changes for those children. That means that your child is not meeting a minimum standard for their age-appropriate educational level. And that means that they are most likely being documented as dysfunctional people. But are you aware that when they start to collect the data about children who are basically dysfunctional or not fitting in, and they continue to do this for the entire lifetime of the public educational journey, and then when you get ready, if you do anything wrong, they're going to take that record and it's going to follow you right to juvenile court. No, no, no. This is not how it works. Our tax dollars should be working to empower individuals. And there are so many organizations that represent ethnic groups or whatever, nonprofit organizations that should be building capacity within a community. But when you're not empowering people, I don't know anymore. Empowerment has to come from oneself. It has to come from a desire to ensure that the benefit happened to oneself, you know, self-empowerment. And that means that as an American citizen, Even if I can share a concern to the community in which I moved into, not that I was raised up in, but I'm an American citizen. So irregardless of where I come from, if I understand this structure of public education and I can see that there are serious issues in public education where I live, which is Nevada, but there were serious issues in public education also where I lived in 
Sacramento, California. I mean, whenever we can talk about the underfunding or, uh, you know, how programs are structured and how districts are seriously underfunded for so many different categories, but we understand how the dollars actually come into the system and how each child is not generating the same allocation. So the, the state governments are supposed to s- supplement where, and the federal government supplements, and somehow they're supposed to meet together. But when you're supplanting dollars from the federal allocations that are supposed to help children who are in poverty, and then somehow those dollars go to children who are not in poverty, and then you hold yourself you know, that hold harmless waiver that, you know, the federal government always offered. Well, Obama took that away. Yes, he did. And that's why the mandate for special education is still enforced, even through COVID, because nobody was given a waiver. And that's why special education is so critical and it's so empowering to people who understand the ability to use the federal government to have your child assessed, to ensure that you're sitting with people and talking about the benefit of public education and how wonderful it is when your child understands how to utilize his executive functioning skills to coordinate assignments and to do presentations and to understand basically just where they are in life and understand that everybody makes a choice and choice is everything. But, you know, this... um, This little podcast is here because I feel that so many people don't understand this. The most important thing that you must understand about public education is that the state's responsibility ends with modifying your child's behavior. That doesn't say that the child has a right to an academic enrichment, but the child has the same right to whatever his non-disabled peer has, if your child is to be seen as to have a disability. So the work that has to be done to ensure that access is happening to your child has to be done through the advocacy of yourself and requesting assessments to determine if your child is reaching the same level as his non-disabled peer. And and, 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 And it's according to what your child actually can achieve. And it's so it's over time. It's nothing immediate. And so it's something that you have to learn that, you know, the structure or the force to engage in the oversight of public education has to be a community thing. I mean, we have to work together as individuals who live in America to ensure that access happens for the least of our children and that all children have access because we have far too many things that are going on where people take advantage of people who don't have basic level skills. And as long as the resources are there on the wall and no one can read and access them, then just don't worry about how well we're doing. You can't worry about those things because it's not been, you know, it's not been a choice. Community advocacy has to start from the bottom, from the people who are most affected. And I believe that as long as children are not learning, and we have some children who are having great opportunity, when they're 
when basically, you know, they're benefiting from dollars that were supposed to be going to other children. And so how do we deal with this equity thing, especially when we can target what should be happening and understand what's not happening? It has to come from accountability and it has to come from you, the individual who understands that perhaps some of these outcomes should have a different expectation. Life is not easy, but neither is choice. To empower yourself, you must first choose to start to learn what you need to know to support yourself. I'm almost at my run out time, 30 minutes. So I'm going to sign off for right now. And I'm going to say like, subscribe, follow, and teach yourself. Because it's going to have to be you that chooses to empower yourself. This is Darlene. And I'm signing out from the Parent Empowerment Hour. Hey, y'all have a good day.